and welcome to the Copcast podcast. Um, I'm Dave Dunning, and tonight with me to take a look at the Norwich game, um, Liverpool finishing 4-1 winners, and maybe take a look ahead to Chelsea. Um, I've got Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, how are you doing tonight? I doing grand, Dave. Cheers. Uh, great to be great to be back talking about Liverpool in the Premier League again, and great to start with a win. So obviously, 4-1 was uh, yeah pretty comfortable. Plenty to talk about, though, of course. So yeah, looking forward to getting into it. What about yourself? Yes, um, good. CMAs um, enjoyed the game and certainly enjoyed the first the first uh, sixty five minutes or so. Um, could have done without that Norwich goal for more than one reason, but it's a win and it was all around good performance and a really entertaining game of football. So let's just get into it then. Chief the lineup. You called it. Um, you called it last week. Um, you said that City was going to be a dress rehearsal and that pretty much, um, to my surprise, turned out how it was. Um, what did you make of the lineup? What did you What did you think Klopp's thinking was with regards to why he started, particularly with Henderson and Wijnaldum in the midfield rather than maybe a couple more attacking options? I just think, I just think we know kind of Jürgen by now, we know Klopp, what he, what he likes to do and Generally, what he likes to do is have um, have his team settled, and um, he, he very much, you know, backs his, his his lads. And for me, I just expected that to happen. I, I think that was just his. That's just his, the team that he was happiest putting out. And I think we, we, I mean, a lot of people talked about maybe it's a game for for Kaida. Maybe it's a game. Maybe you might see Shakiri or or at least put glimpses of them. You know, second half or whatever. And I think, well, I think potentially, if if you'd had this game six weeks into the season, you may well have. But um, I think first game of the season under the lights at Anfield, he just wants his lads on the pitch. And let's be honest, they they had the job done inside twenty eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, it worked for him. Uh, I mean, the big, there were a lot of talking points last week who who would go for in, in defence would it be Matip or Gomez. Uh, would we potentially see Gomez at right back? Would Kaida start? Would Shakiri come in? Would Lalana? We we were humming and hand. Could you possibly even see Lalana? As it was, he, he didn't even make the bench. Yeah, I mean, I thought when we saw that team against City, uh, he, the fact that he'd gone so strong made me think that it was you know the lineup he was he was considering going for. Or he was pretty set on going for in the uh, opening game of the season, and so it transpired. The only thing I was, hum- yeah, was a, a little bit. Uh, on tender hooks before the lineup was announced to see if Mane would start because that was you know the wild card him coming back in but and and of course he looked really fresh whenever he came on but you know with Wijnaldum with Henderson in that midfield around Fabinho they've played together now you know many many times they've got a, a really good understanding Klopp knows that the ground is going to be covered and Henderson and Wijnaldum they, they offer more as well in, in their own different ways particularly Jordan Henderson when he wants to can really kind of drive the Drive the team forward and set set the tempo a lot more now than than he was doing from the six. I was always uh, fairly confident that would be the lineup, and in the end, uh, it proved to be a you know a perfect lineup. It, it, it did exactly the job. So yeah, we didn't we didn't have the more outlandish ones, but it, it's or the more uh, um, yeah the more attacking players or whatever on on the day. But you know, in the end, it wasn't wasn't required really. No, it wasn't. And, you know, the last time we spoke, the transfer window hadn't closed. And now it has and there's, and there's nobody in. But 
you wonder if you sign anybody looking at that bench where you put them. I didn't actually envisage a world where I was looking at the bench going, uh, you know, I'm not happy with one or two. Like I looked at Manchester United's bench and Chelsea's bench yesterday and even Spurs bench. And I'm looking at them and they're going, there's players that I have, there's players I've never heard of. There's players that have played a handful of Premier League matches or even first team matches at any level in that in, in on that bench. And we're sitting there with players that by the end we bring on Mane, we bring on Milner, we bring on who's the other one comes on? Mane. Was that, was that it? Yeah, I think so, wasn't it? And you've still got Matt up there, you've still got Oxley Chamberlain, who everybody wanted to see, you still got Kaida who everybody wanted to see, and I'm sure everybody wanted to see a bit of Shakiri as well. We didn't see any of them. All those potential game changers, you know? So, I don't know, Chief. I think the bench, to me, suggested that we're not in as bad a place as maybe we thought we were. And don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have signed another forward player. But I feel a little more confident now moving into the season that we maybe do have the tools we need, especially considering... City or a man late now at the top end of the pitch. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously our other one was Adrian or Adrian. <laughs> he came on like was our third sub. Um, yeah, I realised that when I was saying it. I was like, yeah. of course. <laughs> came on first, but you know, again, that is something you sort of block out a little bit because that's the only, the only kind of uh, blot on the copybook uh, was was obviously Allison's unfortunate injury sustained from a from a slip. And it looks like uh, he's going to be out for, for six weeks or so now. So, obviously not ideal. But we were never going to sign a, a third goalkeeper. Although, I think we've actually offered Lonergan a contract now. <laughs> on the, off the back of today's news. But um, I, I've heard that as well. It's not just the best thing ever. Just yeah. this guy who's played for like Preston or somebody all his career. He's just like, here, do you want, do you want a year at the European Champions? Oh, all right, well. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm going in style. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's Christmas for for him anyway. In terms of the squad, as in the outfield players, as I said, we were never going to go and sign another top quality, you know, goalkeeper to rival Alice, and that was not on the list. So with everybody being fit, if if you if it it's always that, and I think all Liverpool fans were the same, or most Liverpool fans were the same over the summer. Nobody was crying out and desperate and desperate and desperate, you know, for a signing. Uh, but everyone was like, well, if this and if that, we could be left short. And you're always going to end up, you know, having that possibility. But the idea, I suppose, of, is when you're at the very top, you, you try and mitigate against that by bolstering your squad. But that brings its own, you know, its own hurdles and its own pitfalls as well. You know, squad harmony and keeping um, players happy and, and uh, you know, plenty of plenty of other things involved, extra wages that aren't being used and, and so on. So so in the end, you know, with that squad fully fit and that bench how it was, no, we're not short. Absolutely not. But, you know, cup injury to key player, then then maybe you think about it. But certainly certainly you can't look at that team that was put out, the, the squad that was put out the other night and think in any way that there were weaknesses. There really were no weaknesses. It was a, a pretty bulletproof 16 or 17 that he put out. Something that we also forget is is the necessity that Klopp has for having players that are flexible in the squad. 
players that can play a variety of different positions. So you're not stuck with this, you know, two world class players in every position scenario. In which case you've got eleven players. You know, twenty two players of which you can only pick seventeen every week, and that's for the full squad. You know, so you've got that flexibility to cover off any potential issues there and, and what Klopp calls finding solutions. And fortunately, I think for everybody, I can imagine where everybody's head would be at now if they were thinking that Simon Mignolet would have to play for the next six weeks. That's it. But, but that's not the case. So maybe yeah. Adrian's the smartest bit of business that we could have done in well, the summer. It. In our uh, we. Um, Liverpool group here in Berlin. We, we had, like uh, in the WhatsApp group, we we're talking o- over the summer. Obviously, will we make a signing? Will we not? And of course, it's split into two camps: the signing camp and the non-signing camp. And you know, you, you have a bet, like uh, drinks from whichever side loses. So obviously, Adrian wasn't regarded as a major signing before <laughs> before uh, Friday night, but. As as fate would have it, he's he's going to be pretty important now over the next few weeks. There are a lot of lot of important games, including the probably the first leg of the uh, first Champions League game, and um, you know game against Spurs as well. I think we play in that time. Um, not one hundred percent, but I think so. So Arsenal as well. Yeah. So there are there are big games, and it's going to be interesting to see. But yes, I'm, I'm definitely happier that it's. I think everyone is happier that it isn't Mignolet because you you just knew with Mignolet that he wasn't right for the team and the style of play, and that he it, as quite the opposite to Allison's calming influence. Mignolet is uh, known for for striking uh, chaos and fear into, into the hearts of his defenders. So. Um, so yeah, it's good to have somebody new, you know, obviously the club's been in talks with Adrian, it, it didn't just happen overnight, so they've, they've sussed him out, they, they know about him, he's, he's good with his feet, he's a good shot stopper, and with the confidence of the crowd and the help of what is a, a top-notch back five, we'll hope that he that he comes through it unscathed, or pretty much unscathed anyway, I mean, it's a totally different Totally different ball game, essentially, for want of a better uh, cliche, um, than than when he was playing at West Ham. Because obviously at West Ham he's, he's facing a lot more shots. Um, at that time it was Slavon Bilic, the manager, and uh, while they were playing or trying to play at, attacking football, they were also pretty open. And it, it, it's a it's a little bit different. He's going to have to keep his concentration uh, and and kind of be alert for the three, four, five big moments that there might be in the game, as opposed to being peppered. Uh, but you know, by all accounts, he's he's comfortable with his feet, much much better with his feet, and uh, positional wise, he's much closer to an Allison than a Mignolet. Obviously, he's not going to have anything like the probably the the confidence and ball playing skill that Allison has. But at least if he's Fifty percent better than Mignolet. It's gonna. It, it, it's it's a you know it's a hell of a step. There's a, there's going to be a likelihood that at some point over the next six weeks we'll be sitting here discussing would Allison have saved that or not, or would yeah. Allison have made that mistake or not. The concern that I have is that possibly one of those occasions, if maybe there might only be one occasion, but if it costs us something. Because we know what the we know what the margin for error is is going to be like 
um, in this transfer. Uh, sorry, in this title race, and it's pretty much zero. If we can get through the next six weeks or so unscathed, I think that's a big, big statement, both to the confidence in the goalkeeper and also the capability of the back four to take on maybe a little bit extra responsibility there. They're going to have to step up, but you know they will. I'm sure there is that team spirit. Obviously, they want to give Adrian a hand as well, uh, being new in the club. But you know, Allison did did a lot of work for us last season and saved, you know, helped out the the rest of the team, saved us points on numerous occasions, got us through the Champions League group stage with that wonder save against Napoli and so on. So, you know, I'm sure the squad will pull together, and you know, you are right. It, potential that. Uh, we are going to be discussing uh, something to do with with the goalkeeper and and maybe comparing them. And I suppose it's not really fair to compare them. But you look at our next four games. We've got obviously Chelsea in the Super Cup. Then we're away at Southampton home against Arsenal away at Burnley. So they're not the easiest. They're not the easiest. But at the same time, you know we we don't have City in there. We you know so if we can, it's all about building, isn't it? Building a bit of confidence. If we can. You know, if he if he wins a, a trophy in his second, well, his his full day, shall we say, as a Liverpool player, then you know maybe maybe it's a good omen. Um, so it's an unknown, isn't it? Right at this point, we have no idea how he's actually going to perform in this team um, for us. We can only hope, but um, and and put trust in the, in the in the team that's actually brought him to the club. So um, yeah, it's the the injury we least wanted to see. Probably him and Virgil are the two biggest, the ones you don't want to see. But thankfully, it seems to be, despite the the fear mongering earlier on, it seems to be just a calf uh, injury. And <laughs> wasn't that hilarious? Out for this season? Yeah, no. Well, I was hearing all kinds of rumors. Oh, they're delaying the delaying the announcement. Heavy rumors that he's ruptured his Achilles and some fairly reputable sort of Liverpool accounts going well. You know. Worst, you know, one one year out would be the worst case scenario, and all this. And you're going, fuck what? No, but thankfully, uh, I mean, what what we appeared to hear a couple of days ago seems to be true. It is a calf injury, Klopp said, and it's only going to be a few weeks for the next. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was fairly fairly evident when it happened that it was a calf injury. Um, I didn't yeah, actually. Like- I, yeah, I, I didn't actually expect them. I didn't expect him to say maybe as long as six weeks. I thought maybe four weeks. Thought maybe after the international break we might see him again. But um, well, we'll we'll see, I suppose. Um, and and we don't have a tendency to rush players back from situations like this. I suppose we're just going to have to suck it and see. No, but no, to be it, fair, we're we're, it, we're in a much better we're in a much better position than we were in in, in the goalkeeper sticks now than we were what a week ago. Oh, I definitely, definitely, and you know. You, we're now in a position where we've brought somebody, uh, as opposed to have somebody uh, who's, who's kind of not that happy at the club and kind of wanting to move away to further his career. We've now got somebody in who's just arrived and can't believe his luck. Really, to be, to, I'm, I'm sure, you know, to to now be thrust into the number one position, um, just a week after signing for the club or less than a week after signing for the club is. Um, it, you know, it's uh, it's what life's all about, really, isn't it? I mean, a couple of months ago, he didn't have a club. One of them, but yeah, we'll go on from there. And you know, there's plenty, plenty to be positive about, and hopefully, we we won't we won't be lamenting the the injury. Yeah, well, we are where we are, and we're and there's not really much you can do about that. So, 
Chief, the first probably 60, 65 minutes were like they were breathless. And Norwich certainly played their part in that. I thought they were they, they were really good. They were expansive. They they moved the ball well in tight areas and, and opened up the pitch and they caused us problems. But at the same time, our just clinical quality players at the top end of the pitch um gobbled up every chance they had. We were relentless at points and you very rarely see when a team's four nil up at half time for it to go on and be seven or eight nil. It very rarely happens. Um and for the first probably 15 minutes, we really went for a fifth and a sixth. But after that, we, we kind of we just settled back into a fairly routine sort of pattern where we weren't too expansive. We, 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 we stopped them um, from breaking on us as often as they had. The performance of Origi, it was, it, it was so Origi. Yet still, he makes a goal, he scores a goal, he does his defensive duties well, he causes problems. Oh, I mean, he, he contributed fully. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenon. <laughs> it could be the best, worst striker I've ever seen. Listen to the rap earlier, and I think Paul Cope said something like that as well. And uh, I, I sort of, I know what you mean. I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's bad. So I just think he looks clumsy and he can be clumsy. I don't think it's, Touch is brilliant. I mean, he's not polished, but he's got so much going for him in terms of he's got the pace, he's got the strength, he's got good skill, uh, he can hold players off, he's got decent awareness, his movement isn't the best, but he's learning, I think, in this position on the left. Um, so it, it's it's causing a lot of problems. I thought his movement for the goal, I thought his movement for the goal was quite good. Yeah, you know, the more that he plays in the first team. Uh, starting games uh, or even just coming off the bench but not you know for a while he was only ever getting the odd league cup game he's playing with other bit part players and it's not going to work for him but the more that he's playing with the with the first team on a regular basis the more he feels now and now he must feel that he absolutely belongs in the company you know he's, he's scored in a he's, he's scored the goal that's won us the European Cup and at the same time, he's, he's put us there by scoring the goals in the semi as well. So it's not like it's just a, a one-hit wonder. He's, he scored huge goals, you know, in the run-in and, and against Everton at, uh, before Christmas. And, you know, so he's, he, and he's done it now in patches for Liverpool for a number of seasons. I mean, we've had him for how long? You know, three, three full seasons at least, if not, if not more. Four years, I think, with a loan yeah, spell in there. One year he's on loan at... Wolfsburg or whatever, but yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. So, and he's he's had patches before where he's come in and scored game after game. Uh, there, was well, there was a there was a period there a couple of years ago before the the Funes Mori injury where yeah he was scoring like I don't know nine and twelve games or something like that, and he always seemed and he's, I don't know whether it was. Maybe his body shape's changed a little bit more. Maybe he has filled out and he has bulked up. But he seemed a little bit quicker, a little bit more agile. And But he had a knack of getting on the end of things. And he had a knack of... And we talked... I think we talked pre-pod about the likes of Barkley, who seems to have all the talent in the world, but has no numbers. Origi has numbers that outstrip what his performance levels suggest. Oh, and it, he's a... He's a natural. He's a born goal scorer. He knows. He knows how to score goals, and he's always scored. the The run you're talking about was the best 
form he ever had at Liverpool, and he looked like he was really blossoming into a, a really good player. And then Funes Mori broke his ankle, and that was him. He's he has until now, he has never been the same player since. He had another spell where he came back in and scored goals, but really played badly. And then the goals dried up, and then he was out again. Since the yeah, this is the best form he's been in without a doubt since the Funes Mori. And yeah, you're right. He is much bigger now. He's filled out. He's 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 a good bit older. I mean, uh, I think when we actually signed him from uh, was it Lille? he was nineteen. It was Lille. He was nineteen. Yeah, and then he, he stayed, stayed there for a year. So he joined us. He was twenty. So you must be 24 now. He's 24, that's right. So you do a good bit of growing in that time, and he's obviously bulked up. You know, he's been in the gym. Uh, he's huge. He's, he's absolutely huge. But he gives you that threat that we don't have as well. Because not only is he switched on enough to be in the right place at the right time, he can hold it hold it up and hold players off in a way that's, uh, you know, slightly different to, to Bobby. But he's also got that sort of, menacing thing where if you're playing again if you because he's playing on the left if, if you're a fullback and you've got him running at you what do you do essentially you um you know he's six foot three six foot four he's built, built like a brick shit house he's quick he's powerful and he's really unpredictable he can literally do anything and sometimes it's not going to come off, but at the same time, he's a good chance of, of, of pulling things off. You know, even the own goal, it's uh, he puts a cross in and he makes the defender think the guy can. Yeah, and he absolutely smashes it across the, across the goal. Absolutely smashes it. Yeah, and Hanley's trying to trying to just lift his foot at the time. I think I don't think he's even trying to actually clear it. He's just trying to lift it to get set, and it's in the back of the net. And the goal he scores is is lovely. I mean, it's a Trent just looks up, bang, perfect cross. Origi meets it. It's a classic centre forwards header. So I mean, that's it, it's it's absolutely all you can ask for from your fourth choice option in a front three. Isn't it? Whenever you're called upon, come on, give them hell, score a goal, assist the goal. What more can he ask for? And he's 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 absolutely had a new lease of life at Liverpool, and he deserves it because he's like I say he's been here for years and he's put the work in. He's been away, he's come back, he's fought for his place, and now he's uh, he's a very much an integral part of the of the squad. Yeah, and there was that stat flying around last year because he, he actually didn't play a lot of minutes last year, but I think his his goals the minutes in the pitch was I think was it ahead of Salamani. Yeah, it's very possible. Because I remember sort of hinting at that last year, just without having numbers, just thinking. I mean, he's he's coming on because he wasn't starting games last season. Certainly, he didn't feature no. for Liverpool at all before. It, certainly in the league, before coming off the bench in the in the derby. So that was his yeah, first, and that was Christmas. That was Christmas, and that was his first appearance in the league. And I know that uh, you know Champions League for final, for example. Again, a substitute appearance. I know he starts against Watford, but I'm sure he scores that night as well. And then he gets yeah, and he starts to get and he starts against Wolves in the cup, and he scores that night too. Yeah, and I'm sure in both games he's well, certainly the the Watford game he subbed after 60, 65, something like that. So, and you've got his goal involvement as well because he's yeah, he just tends to, to he delivers. You know, he you can have and and sometimes that's. that's crucially important especially when you've got 
the other sort of uh, components in uh, in the machine. You know, the you've you've got the lads who first touch is absolute silk. You know, you've got the the Mo Salah who can play like Messi at times. You know, we've got Sadio Mane who's who's an absolute phenomenon. And then, yeah, well, you've got Divock, and what can he do? Ah, this two goals against Barca, goal in the Champions League final, goal at Anfield under the lights, and so on. Goal against Everton in the in the ninety sixth minute, and yeah, what what more what more can he ask for? So, it's top stuff for yeah. him, and, and and good news for us. Yeah, I think what you have in Origi that you maybe don't have in the other three is he is he's a percentage player. Yeah, and he will do predominantly the sensible thing in his head from an attacking perspective. And maybe it's not the most, you know, it's it's not going to be the unpredictable style of, of Mane or Salah or Firmino where Mane is going to beat somebody twice in the byline and, and, and pull it back to the edge of the box where Firmino is going to kid the goalkeeper like he did at Huddersfield and flash it in at the near post from a narrow angle or Salah perpetually trying to catch the goalkeeper out of the near post instead of bending it into the far corner. Origi will, like he did with that cross, he's not trying to find anybody because he knows it's too hard. He doesn't really want to beat him because there's already loads of players in the box. He's just going to fucking hammer it across the goal and hope for the best. And the best came off. And the majority of his goals are scored from in between between the sticks. He gets himself in between the sticks because he knows percentage-wise that's the most likely place I'm going to score a goal. And that's, you know, you're talking... Last night, if Bobby had let that go. Yeah. He's about to tap. Yeah. And and that's the striker instinct. And I suppose that's, that's what you have, maybe. That's maybe the issue that you have when when you've got him out the left and Firmino there where maybe they're going to take up a little bit of the same space but at the same time I'd rather have two people trying to score a goal at the back post than no one at all Absolutely yeah and it's just one of them I mean on another day Bobby maybe does leave that uh, he's really unlucky not to score as it is anyway and Henderson's pretty unlucky not to have scored from the from the previous shot that hits the bar the keeper makes a good save uh, I mean their keeper had a really good game as well and he shipped for I mean to be honest, you, you can't really complain when it, when it comes down to game. Yeah, I know I know they got in behind us, and I know there are some people having kittens because they scored. I had a feeling they were going to score anyway. I noticed you said at the start of the at the start of the program that uh, you could have done with uh, without the one for more than one reason. Did you have four nil? At four nil, and Salah and Van Dyke to score. Cool. In a, in a treble like or or a separate bet? It was like a it was like a one of those request to bet things. Okay, so that was huge odds. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Forty to one. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I had five one just as as the score. So I was desperate for a for a fifth <laughs> as we were as we were approaching the end. But uh, I had a, I just had a funny feeling. It's one of them. Norwich were, I think, had they had the best away record in all four leagues uh, in in. In England last year, um, yeah, they scored from, most goals away from home. They scored most goals from open play by some distance in the championship. They scored most goals in the championship, and they're clearly a very good attacking side. And exactly, and the two fullbacks I thought were superb. Not to be biased, but Lewis in particular I thought had an excellent game. 
Yeah, he got a lot of praise. Yeah, very, very good player. And, I, you know, I've, I've seen him play probably the last year and a half in the Northern Ireland national team. And he, he has stood out, you know. And I know it maybe not, no, it's maybe not difficult to stand out in the Northern <laughs> Ireland team. But, you know, I, you know, you know the difference when you see, like, for instance, a Stephen Davis stands out a mile. And he was the same. So it was quite clear to me that he, he was capable of, of Premier League level, and it looks like he is. The other boy on, on the right-hand side, Aaron's, again, looked really, really busy, fit, athletic, really, really pacey. Don't know if he got as much protection as Lewis did, but they, they caused us problems, and they moved the ball really, really well, and their movement in the midfield off the ball opens up all kinds of angles and opportunities for them. And, and I think... I think they'll probably do well this year, considering yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we have as many teams that are really gonna sit sit deep. You know, you maybe have your Newcastles and your Burnleys, but you've also got your you know your Bournemouths and your Brightons and your your West Ham's and teams like that. So, I think they'll do well. The 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 beauty of it this year is the three that have come up. None of them sit back. They're all teams that play essentially on the on the front foot. I mean, Villa obviously they had. A, I mean, I don't want to go too far into this. Villa obviously they, they had to sit back against Spurs, but you know they they did look to try and attack Spurs when they could. Obviously, in the end, Spurs just had far too much for them. Um, but I think Norwich could do could do fine. Uh, I, I, we mentioned before it's difficult really to to say right now who's definitely going to go down because there doesn't look to be yet certainly an, an absolute a team that, that that's absolutely way off you know which you, you do get sometimes uh, that of course could develop I mean the season is still very young but yeah I mean there was always a chance they were going to score a goal they were certainly going to try that's that's their game um, and with with it being the first game of the season they wasn't always going to be a guarantee that you were going to that Liverpool were going to be a hundred percent well oiled and, and ruthlessly efficient at the back. As it was, it wasn't too bad, and you know it's it's a really good finish from Pookie as well. He, he finds the bottom corner brilliantly. Adrian has no chance, but yeah, it's, it's, to get back to the there were there were people, and perhaps perhaps rightly so, getting getting a little anxious about the fact that the Nards got in behind and so on, but. I think at the end of the day, it's a little bit of a risk that we were willing to take. It's the way we play is, is getting Trent and, and Robbo up. And I think against the likes of a Norwich, no disrespect to them, but obviously a team that you would uh, identify before a ball is kicked is potentially potentially finishing in the bottom quarter of the league. Um, and, and certainly without the, the wealth of talent that, that Liverpool have available, the Potentially against the Norwich, you know, you, you take those kind of chances. You push up that little bit further, you kill the game early, and you know, you you, you put a marker down and rest a little bit in the second half. And essentially, that's what what happened at the end. Uh, you know, when all said and done, if you, if you watch it back, Liverpool had to have the game won in in twenty five minutes, twenty seven minutes, three nil. Um, yeah, that was something I was going to touch on actually, Chief, because that's not something necessarily really did last year. And I don't know whether it was just because of the opposition. I suppose that's the question, whether it was because of the opposition or what are we trying to replicate what we saw City do last year and win games in the first 30 minutes and then just 
Cruise? I think it's I don't I don't know whether it's necessarily one or the other a hundred percent. I just think that it's 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 a little bit of the evolution of, of this team and of the squad under the manager. And I suppose it goes a little bit hand in hand with the fact that we haven't really made any any signings this summer in terms of players who are likely to come directly into the first team except for Adrian. <laughs> because you know, last year Last season we have a we have a brilliant start. We talked about last last week. Perhaps we went seven games without conceding a goal in the league or something, maybe more. But it was very much based on on solidity. I would say, you know, um, very central. Yeah, it was very much based on not being great to watch. And I remember a conversation at the time when people were saying, "This doesn't look like this doesn't look like the same Liverpool as last year." And they're struggling to create chances and struggling to to score goals when actually. Would very clearly change their style of play. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to have carried over into this season. No, but I think that, as I said, it, it's almost a natural evolution because now this team. If you think back to last season, okay, you've got Van Dijk, who's starting his first full season for Liverpool, and he's, he's played since January and he's made a big difference. But he's starting his first full season. You've then got Allison coming in, who um, brand new league. Yeah, um, you've got. Trent cementing his place then really as a, a starting right back. But Gomez coming in as a brand new centre half pretty much had hardly played there for us before the beginning of the last season. Um, so I suppose, and there are others as well. But I think I think that I think that being used the big factor there, isn't he? Where where Klopp wanted someone to sit in with him as opposed to leave him by himself. Absolutely. You've got Fabinho when he begins to make his breakthrough. I mean, that's not until really October, November time, but he he then changes the system. So that he's got... Yeah, because uh, I think, don't we, don't we play him, don't we play him at, by himself in the six away to Arsenal and he gets absolutely eaten up? Yeah, he can't, he can't cope with the uh, pace on the turn and... and He's out of position. Well, he's not out of position, but he's he's not able to recover. Um, it's uh, and it, it's yeah, it, it's quite noticeable. Everyone's a little bit like, <gasps> "Fuck, what have we what have we bought here?" But you know, so 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 that plays a part as well. But it it's all evolution. They've all played together now for a full season at least. You know, okay, one or two of them had injuries, perhaps didn't feature as often, and, and haven't had as much game time with the others. But they've all trained together. They all know each other, and the vast majority of them have played together for a season. So, you you can you, you know yourself what comes with with uh, and a very successful season. So that breeds confidence, and then you can you know you can you can begin to to ramp up your performance levels um, based on the, on the the kind of solid foundations you've already built. Um, so I think yeah, last year was very much, and, and I think. The other thing was last year was very much about bringing the goals against column down, which was something that Liverpool had really struggled with since since the Kenny and Steve Clark season, uh, which is God knows how long ago, 2011 or something. We managed that quite quite uh, spectacularly, only 22 goals against in the league. Um, now this season, I think we'll, we will see Liverpool just be a little bit more, perhaps a little bit less Conservative, perhaps, is the word. With a small pragmatic, course, pragmatic, yeah, maybe, maybe pragmatic. Uh, measured. Okay, yeah. we'll settle with measured. Yeah. 
With a small M, of course. Yeah, small M. <laughs> so, see, it's uh, it's a Super Cup on Wednesday night, and to be honest, I like really I cannot see anything other than a Liverpool win, no matter what side he puts out. We've had an extra an extra two days on Chelsea. They have been ripped apart by, and I don't mind saying it. I don't care if they've won four nil. I'm not brilliant. Manchester United side and being kinder than there um, on Sunday and after the first goal went in they just seemed to fall apart they looked fragile mentally as much as anything else so it's, it's of course it's in Istanbul of course it is um, Klopp's picked that side do you I know you I know you thought that would be the side for the dress rehearsal but surely he can't go surely he's not gonna gonna throw that exact same 11 in on Wednesday night with a game at the weekend? Mm, well, I think that we could see some changes. I think I think Mane starts, for example. Um, he looked think, so, so sharp when he came on on Friday. Oh, he was absolutely electric. Yeah. He was absolutely, he was raring to go, like, wasn't he? He was like, get me on this pitch. Um, so I think he'll start. It, it's, a, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because again, you, you look at Klopp and you look what, what he likes to do. I mean, I don't think there's no way he starts that Super Cup without um, Mane, Salah and Firmino up front. Uh, we know Adrian's going to play at the back um, in, in goal. We know Van Dijk's going to start. I would potentially, I could potentially see Matip coming back in for this one. Yeah, um, I could see, I could certainly see Milner starting. Yeah, I could see Milner starting. I think it'll be Milner, Henderson, Fabinho. Okay. But he, he loves a genie in there. So, but does he go back to the to the fabled Brexit midfield? I don't think so. We haven't seen that so often. <laughs> no, we haven't seen it in a while, have we? So I think Fabinho is is his uh, go to, pretty much the first name in there. So it could be a Henderson and a Milner. And do we not see Kyder Oxley Chamberlain starting? I, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, I, of course, he could, he absolutely could. They're all fit and ready to go. But you know, it is the Super Cup is there's a bit to be said of sort of the fact that it's the you know, it's the prize or the whatever the, the follow on from winning the Champions League and, and the European Cup. and You'd imagine that he'd probably be looking towards the the, the team that, that got us there and, and won us the, the cup. Um, yeah, it, it might it might be that desire to continue that feel good factor of there's another one going in the cabinet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he'll definitely want to win it. There's no doubt about that. We're not travelling to Istanbul for a friendly. We're not travelling to Istanbul to to come home with nothing. We're going there to win the cup. So I think he's going to put his strongest eleven on the pitch. I do think though that we might see Matip just because Matip played the entirety of, of the Champions League run pretty much last season, and certainly all the big games and was absolutely sensational in the in the semis uh, and in the final. And I think it will be really harsh on him because he's he has probably lost his place in the first eleven in the league. I think it'd be really hard if he if he didn't get the, the Super Cup and uh, and then potentially the chance that. You know, to to get back into the team, uh, there is a possibility then of seeing Gomez at right back. But having seen Chelsea the other night, uh, 
don't think Klopp would have any real concern uh, if I Trent there. I'd just be just to, to, to potentially give Trent a rest. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't. I suppose it maybe depends. Who does he think needs needs the break more, Gomez or Trent? That's it. Yeah, maybe it's Gomez with him having been out for ages and then having the full preseason and then playing the first, you know, Community Shield in the first game. Maybe maybe he does. So that'll be a question. But as to the the, the line, you know, the the, the crux of the line is going to be pretty much the same. Do you know what? That's an that's an interesting point there, Chief, because. We've talked before, you know you want to rotate the midfield as much as you can. Not as much as you can, but within reason um, in order to keep them fresh. And probably the same with the front three. But your your back four, certainly your back two, you really want your two centre-halves to be playing beside each other for probably 80% of the season. You know, you want that partnership there and that understanding there. And it's been mentioned before that our centre-halves maybe don't have to expend as much energy because of the way that we play. And, you know, they maybe don't put as many miles on the clock, certainly, as the likes of Firmino, Dawes and, and, and Salah, maybe a couple of the midfielders, Milner, Henderson, etc. So do, do you think that if Gomez starts, that is a real, genuine indication that he is first choice this season? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think we've already seen it. I mean, I think the the charity shield and the and the first game of the season are what Klopp deems to be the strongest teams he could have put out on those days. And you know, Matip was fit. Matip comes on in the charity shield and scores the the equaliser, but he comes on last twenty. Gomez is is given the the start, and again at Norwich, Gomez is given. I think Gomez gets the ninety at Norwich. So I think we've we've seen that um, harsh as it is on Joe Maddock, but you know at, at the very top level, you know life is ruthless. Um, so it's just one of those things, and he won't he won't you know if he's a top sportsman, which he is, he won't take it to heart and just try even harder to get back into the side. But I think right now Gomez is is number one. So when do we see him? Then we see him League Cup, FA Cup, and maybe like. Away to Burnley, away to I don't know who else is massive and horrible to play against. I don't know. You know, away yeah. to Kate, Newcastle, for example. Yeah, I think we see him. I, I think we see him in the Super Cup. I think that's um, it. Would yeah, like I said, it would be incredibly hard for him not to to get that one because of the work that he did last season in, in, in getting us there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be cup games, and of course, any time Klopp decides that he does need to rest one of the centre-backs or any time there is an injury because, you know, let's be honest, it, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility for, a, you know, one of our centre-backs to, to go out for a few weeks. Yeah, and we've also seen occasionally that he, he likes to put, put Matt up in there so we can put Gomez at right back to give him that extra height yeah. and aerial ability at the back if you're playing some of those more direct sides. So it gives you an option there as well without really having to compromise too much your centre-halves. Absolutely, and it, it gives you the option as well if you ever want to, or if he ever wants to, to play three at the back, which he's done at times. Mm-hmm. And that, obviously, the, the, the hated substitution we have. Where he oh, takes, the back three. <laughs> he takes up Bobby and brings up on Madden and throws him in 
defensive midfield or whatever. <laughs> as long as long as it's not Dexy, I'm happy enough with that now. I've got, got become acclimatized to it. Yeah, it used to give me absolute palpitations when he would when anyone would throw Lovren on with like ten minutes to go and try and see it out. You're going, No And no. I used to play with a fella like him and we we brought him off the last two minutes to see it out and they give away a penalty before he even touched the ball. And that's that's how I that's how I envisage Dejan Lovren. Yeah, well I mean that's a, he's another one. He, he's potentially on his way. Um so it's an interesting one whether it'll go or not, but uh, I don't think it's uh, it's massively important now. Touch wood, unless we, we do get serious injuries. Well, I think there'll be one. I think there'll be there'll be one or two players who are hoping Love and Dawes go, and that'll be Kiana Hoover and 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 maybe Seth Vandenberg. I get the feeling the club maybe wants to use Hoover this year and almost put. I get the feeling Klopp almost wants to put himself into a position such as he has done with Brewster where he is forced to play them. So the decision's almost taken out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. He's clearing the way. I mean, or not deliberately necessarily, but if Lovren were to go, that would be, you know, potentially a bonus in terms of clearing the way for, for Hoover. And I mean, potentially, I see it like that because we've discussed Lovren many, many times over the years. He has never changed. He's capable of being good, and he he has been good since since Van Dyke. But most centre backs who play beside Virgil seem to be good when they play beside him. So if you can get twenty million from an Italian club, you let him go. You promote Hoover or Vandenberg to fourth choice. I think it will be Hoover at this this stage. And you know you roll the dice and and hope that you don't have to use him that often in in, first, in in Premier League games, but you you keep his way clear then for the cups and so on because you keep lavering about. One of them one of them is missing out in the League Cup, you know because obviously Lovren has to start it if he's not playing any any Premier League games and so on. So it would it would make sense, yeah. And I don't think much, you know, it would be a case of. You know, cheers for the thanks for the memories, Daggy, and and off you go. Like, yeah, it's a it's a funny one. This because people will always identify gaps in squads, but at the same time, theoretically, if you don't have a gap in a squad in your squad, what's the point in going out and scouting and researching and signing these these massive young talents? You know, like your your Hoover's and your. Harvey Elliott's and players like this, what's the point? Because you can't just drop a player in at 22 and say, bang, go and do it there, be world class. No, and, you, and you've got to bring them in. And it's, you know, in the, in, the, in the old days, you would, you know, there was a pathway was you'd sign, you would go into the reserves, you would play for a couple of years, you'd cut your bones and you'd eventually go up. But that, that doesn't And the happen. thing is, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a squad game then, so it was literally one out, one in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, Far fewer players, reserve level, if the football was competitive. We don't really have that now. So it is really difficult because obviously you want to go out and sign the best young talents, but you go and get them. You're absolutely right. You've got to make way for them within a couple of two, three seasons because if you don't, they're going to stagnate and you know all that potential is going to be lost or they're, they're going to move on or whatever. And the temptation, obviously when you're playing at the top level is is to always is to, to to talk about youth and think about youth and, and sign 
top potential like like the likes of City have and Chelsea have over the years. But the temptation is always when it when it comes to the crunch to, to just go now nah, just I'll sign this fifty mil guy as well I'll play him and then I'll it's see. the it's the rele- it's the relegation fodder um, sack the manager appoint a new manager approach it would be nice to go for something young and new and fresh and innovative but actually we'll just go and get Sam Allardyce or we'll just go and get Steve Bruce or we'll just go yeah, and get Roy yeah. Hodgson absolutely but the thing is it it's 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 prevalent at all levels of of. Mm-hmm. Top division football because you've got the you know and the relic. If you're down and fighting relegation, you don't want to give the kids a chance because you can't take the chance of it goes wrong and you lose. If you're at the top again, you could give the kids a ch- the, the kid a chance, but you know, is it worth taking the risk when you've got this star? You know, this star on the bench that you can just use. So yeah, it, it's I mean, Liverpool are are really doing very well with with their youth policy at the moment and how they're, they're bringing players through and how the pathway to the first team is clear, how they're involving young players and now how they're going out again and, and signing the best top talent at that, that that age group. But yeah, you're right. You do have to clear a pathway and, and in my mind, selling a 30-year-old defender who's yeah done, I suppose, in terms of honours and, and whatever, done pretty well at the club but is never is never going to go down as a club legend uh, to make way for somebody who could become one potentially over the next few years is uh, makes sense to me you know if you can if you can move we signed Dejan Lovren for 25 million in the summer of 2014 and it's now 2019 five seasons later and uh, and it's and Lovren's had the career for us that he's had, which was was potentially awful until until Klopp came in, really, and then then Van Dijk came in, and he's had a, a good final season and a half. If we can get now get another, if we can basically recoup that money five years on uh, when he's thirty years old. Fucking bite the hand off, I would. Yeah, I would too. Um, all right then. So Super Cup Wednesday night, Chelsea didn't look great. Safe. What do you think? I thought I was really looking forward to watching uh, the Chelsea, uh, the United Chelsea game on on Sunday, just because from from the the point of view of what are you going to get here? What what are Chelsea going to be like, and and what is this incarnation of United going to be like this season under Ole? And to begin with, I mean, we, we sent a couple of messages. It looked like two very average teams. Um, essentially sparring with each other and, and waiting to capitalise on the first mistake or, as it turned out, the sixth mistake. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you were right in what you said earlier. They, Chelsea completely collapsed after the penalty and the penalty came early, I think 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. Chelsea had a good couple of chances. Abraham hits the post after a couple of minutes. Mason Mount has a really good chance where he should shoot and he squares it. And yeah, there's right. a couple flash across goal as well that nobody gets in the end of. Yeah. And you've also got um, Emerson crashing the post at 1-0. Or is that even at 0-0? It's certainly when the score's low anyway. Yeah, it's a first half, yeah. Yeah, so um, so it could have been different. Had Chelsea scored first, perhaps United may have had, you know, questioning glances at each other. Maybe the crowd would have gotten on their back and maybe things would have would have gone differently. But that isn't what happened. Um, you know, he got the penalty and they rode their luck for the rest of the first half as Chelsea continued to be profligate in front of goal and they made their chances. 
But second half was, uh, it's almost as if whoever got them together at halftime, whether it was Ole, whether it's whoever got them together and just went, God, lads, I mean, we're not the best, but, but these these are a little bit caught in the headlights here. And I think that's a little bit of how Chelsea played. They, 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 they didn't play like a Chelsea team by any stretch. They, they played like a, a team from the championship in, in a big cup tie at Old Trafford or like a, a newly promoted team, um, you know, almost nosebleed territory when, when getting the, when finally creating the chances and hurrying the final shot, hurrying the final ball. And I know they had youngsters on, on display and so on, but they've got a lot of work to do. Um, their big problem was in transition. As you said beforehand, um, Man United have one real weapon and that's pace on the break and, Chelsea just played right into their hands and United took advantage. Um, yeah, Chelsea, they looked kind of fairly mentally weak. They, they looked like they, they didn't really believe that they could win the game yesterday. Um, and it showed in the second half. And Lampard's got a lot of work to do. If the same Chelsea team turns up uh, at Istanbul, in Istanbul, to play Liverpool on Wednesday night, it, it could be a cricket score because we are we're not exactly shy of of taking advantage of teams that are poor in transition. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it's the just, temp. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't like the temp fate. I, I just I, I see something similar. There's there's nothing that I've seen. There's nothing that I've seen from us and from them that would suggest any different than that. Um, they. They just they they lost they completely lost their way after the penalty and even more so after half time the second goal the second goal they just completely fell apart um, they were positionally all over the place it was like was it the last goal literally a one two on the left hand side between Pogba and Martial opened up the entire pitch that was such a joke you you sent me a WhatsApp and obviously your um... Your broadcast was about two seconds before mine because you sent it going, oh, it's too fucking easy. Uh, and then, like, two seconds later, obviously, United put that move together and, and scored. Um, and I, that was, like, I was almost chuckling. I mean, I was actually smiling myself as I watched the replay. I mean, it was it was so, so easy, <laughs> that go. You know, it wasn't the Chelsea we've grown accustomed to in whatever form, and there have been several since the, since Abramovich came in. But none of them have looked as weak and yeah, beatable as, as this this lot. Yeah, they look so porous. They really do. Um, and I just can't see anything else other than us ripping through them at every opportunity. I don't know. It would be interesting to see if it would be interesting to see if Kaida or Oxley Chamberlain did start um, alongside Milner. I just. I'm sure this won't sway Klopp's mind as the way the way he's going to approach the game, but I just wonder will there be a few last minute fucking analytics going on that have that have watched that game and went, Do you know what? They we they could be so easily exploited and their attacking patterns are fairly predictable and they don't really have the quality at the top end of the pitch. Do we take a little bit of a gamble here and just really try and exploit the gaps that are fairly evident in that side? So 
I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really looking forward to watching it. You got a prediction for me before we wrap up? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. There 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 could be some of that going on. Um the only thing is, I suppose Kante is going to be back, which might change things a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Willian is fit if he'll start. So the team, Chelsea's team, might be might be slightly different. But I agree with you. I, I, I can't see anything other than than a Liverpool win. Um, finals are often dour affairs or dour affairs, or however you like to say it. But um, I don't know the Super Cup's a little bit different in that it. It's not. It's not a friendly, but it kind of is. It's a real trophy, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's only one game, so I don't know. Maybe a uh, maybe Liverpool three 0 Well, I, well, I don't know. Adrian's starting to be a little bit of uncertainty. Four <laughs> one. Just keep the just keep the three goal gap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. You, you just don't know. I just I just get the feeling that. Did Chelsea know any other way to play than what we saw against United? Because Lampard's only been there for like a matter of weeks in reality. You know, it's been what, with, with the first team squad, probably eight weeks. So, do they, yeah, so do, do, they even, do they even know another way to, to play? They can't even play that way very well. And Lampard might be stubborn. Lampard might, might just have to, might just be saying to himself, we might take some batterings in the first couple of couple of months but we'll do this until we get it right and we'll be a better side for it maybe so but everything I saw on Sunday I just fuck I honestly don't know what the score could be it, it could be 2-0 we could be really wasteful um, it could be 4-0 after fucking 40 minutes like it wasn't on, on, on Friday night but I'm in no doubt we'll win the game so I'll say 8-3 8-3 nice that's probably the best prediction I've ever heard That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, Chase, we'll wrap things up there. Thanks very much for joining me tonight. Just the two of us. No problem. No, it was a good chat. Um, so, as I said, nice to talk about some real football and uh, look forward then to the, the Super Cup and uh, the 8-3 scoreline. It'll be phenomenal. I'm not going to put money on that this time, though. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks very much. Up the Super Cup. 8-3 winning Reds. <laughs>